0: Father God, we thank you, O oh God, for your grace, and your mercy, your love. O oh God, forgive us for our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look beyond all our faults and see our needs, O oh God. We need a word from you, a word in season. O oh God, convict, change, all for the glory of Christ, that we may be the better. That we may be men, boys, to serve you, love you, obey you. We thank you, O God, for your patience with us. Some of us are dragging our feet, but it's because of your grace and your mercy, Lord, that we are not consumed. It's new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you, O God, for... Jesus Christ, the great sacrifice and price he paid on Calvary's cross, that we can follow him, that we may have a right to the tree of life, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by you. Thank you for your Son. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Help every priest that is represented this day to obey you, to live for you, to love you. Oh God, touch right now. Hide me behind the cross. We pray, Lord, that you increase as I decrease. Lord, you get all the glory and praise due to your name. We lift you higher and not man. It is in the master's name of Jesus we pray and for his name's sake. Amen. 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 If you brought your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. I'm going to attempt to get through the whole chapter tonight, but we'll see what the Lord say, amen. 1 Kings chapter 13. Two weeks ago, if you, for those who were here and those who were not... Uh, we went over Exodus chapter 17 and we see the battle that was looming. Aaron and her, they, they're holding on the scene. We see they're holding up Moses' hands as the battle is ongoing with Amalek. Joshua is swinging the sword, leading the charge the commander in the Lord's army. And as long as Moses' hands were up, Israel prevailed. And when the hands of Moses were collapsed, then the enemy gained ground. If you remember, the message was, or entitled, Don't Lose Ground. There are battles in our life we have to fight on the front line, sword in hand, which is the word of God, not as a coward, but to face the enemy in the name of the Lord. I hope from two weeks ago that you have uh, gladly taken your place on the battlefield. We encounter spiritual battles every day and even tonight There are battles looming or that we encounter, but only through prayer and the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. The title of that message was Don't Lose Ground. Tonight's message, it's another don't. I want to entitle this message, Don't Turn Back. Don't turn back back let's dive in the text you'll see what I'm saying and to highlight very well what we are talking about tonight it says verse one and behold a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said oh altar altar Thus saith the Lord, behold, a child, Josiah, by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign that the same day, saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the sayings of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not put it back to himself. The altar also was split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, you should not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went out another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. It's the whole chapter. For you note takers, point number one, point number one, the doubter, point number one, the doubter, the doubter, point number two, the deceiver, point number two, the deceiver and point number three, the disobedient. Point number one, the doubter. Point number two, the deceiver. Point number three, the disobedient. These points are three characters in this chapter. The doubter is none other than King Jeroboam. The deceiver is the old prophet. Found in verse 11. And the disobedient is this unnamed prophet. The plot is going to thicken. Three characters. You have King Jeroboam. You have an old prophet. And you have an unnamed prophet. That really points to the message all three play, play a, a part in today's discussion and message to warn us all not to turn back let's keep reading now an old prophet verse 11 dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel they also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And the father said to them, which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. Then he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him. And he rode on it and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. Then he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread, eat bread, nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. And he said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now it happened as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back, and he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus said the Lord, of, Lord God, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandments which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate bread, and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and, and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your father's. So it was after he had eaten bread and, and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. When he had gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his corpse was thrown on the road. And the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse. And there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. Then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Now, when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it and said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him to the lion. Which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. And he said, and he spoke to his son saying, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled it. Then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road and the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on the donkey, brought it back. So the old prophet came to the to the city to mourn and to bury him. Then he laid the corpse of in his own tomb, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. So it was, after he had buried him, that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried, lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried out by the Word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places, which are in the cities of Samaria, will surely come to pass. After this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but again, he made priests from every class of people for the high places. Whoever wished, he consecrated him. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam. So as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. What a cold story. Now, let's break this down. The doubter, King Jeroboam, let me paint the picture for you. When the kingdom split, Jeroboam, God establishes the kingdom in the north, the northern kingdom. This is after King Solomon. You have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. For those Bible students, you know very well, like I know, most of the time, the north, they were full of idols. And they actually, what? Went into captivity first because of idolatry. Here, Jeroboam is insecure instead of letting the northern tribes migrate down to the south to to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. He breaks out and erects an altar in his town up north because he feared that the people were going to turn away and want to serve the southern king. Well, Jeroboam, he doubted the Lord. He doubted that God would honor him if he honored the Lord. Jeroboam became insecure. So here he is. He's setting up the high priest, which was designated only for the tribe of Levi. And he's making all the 11 remaining tribes into priests. Why is he doing it? Because we know that three times a year that you were called to migrate to Jerusalem to worship the Lord, all males. So he wants all of the people to remain up north in order to secure his kingdom. What he didn't realize was anytime you go against the king of kings, you're going to fail. So King Jeroboam, he's at the altar and here comes an unnamed prophet from the south and he has to migrate it from the south to the north to give the word of God. So don't you see, you see the unnamed prophet, he comes up to the altar and he prophesies against the altar, the king and what he's doing. I like this unnamed prophet because he's unnamed. We don't know his name. We don't know his background. Let me give us some applications, brothers. Through the Holy Spirit, I believe God had purposely put this unnamed person here. and But the story is told here because we too are unnamed. Are we willing... To take the word of God wherever he wants us to go. No matter how unpopular it is. Are we willing to be obedient? This unnamed prophet. He listens to the word of God. He gives out the word of God. But did he follow fully the word of God? He comes up on the king. This unnamed prophet in verse 2, he cries out, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you. Jeroboam, he has succumbed to idolatry. Here's leadership, a king, and he's not serving the Lord. I love this unnamed prophet. Bold, courageous. He don't care about status. He don't care about uh, positions. He goes and he goes in the name of the Lord and he curses the king. He curses the altar. How does that apply to us, men? Glad you asked. I don't care what preacher stand behind this desk. I don't care who it is. If the Lord tells you to do something in his name, be bold about it, be courageous about it, and obey the Lord. We see a great example of an unnamed prophet. He starts off right, but he ends wrong. How many times we have started off right in our journey only to falter in a few moments? There's so many lessons in this story. King Jeroboam, he doubted the word of the Lord. He's a doubter. So God had to give this unbelieving king a sign. You do know the Jews seek after a sign, but no sign shall be given but the, the sign of Jonah. For three days and three nights, he was in the belly of the fish. Three days and three nights, so shall so the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. We talking about Jesus. Jesus has already we we done been in Israel, and you'll be amazed how, about how many how much idolatry is in the Holy Land, quote unquote. Jesus had already gave a sign. The sign is the cross. We don't need no more signs, but you do know signs are for unbelievers. So God, He confirms the word that came from this unnamed prophet. And as King Jeroboam, he tells his soldiers or whoever's with him, arrest the unnamed prophet. And as soon as he points his hand, what happens? It withers. All throughout this story, in the life of the doubter, in the life of the deceiver and the disobedient, we can see death that happens to all of them. Death. We see death. That came to the hand of the King Jeroboam, right? It withered away. No blood flowing. It dried up, baby. It died. Why did it die? Sin. One reason. Sin. Sin. King Jeroboam did not heed to the word of the Lord through the man of God. That's a warning. How many times has the men of God spoken the word and it falls on deaf ears and we don't obey it? If you continue down that path, death is coming. Amen. Amen. The Bible says he chastens those whom he loves. He says many are what are weak among you. Many are sick among you. Many have even died. Why? Because of disobedience. God will what? Shorten even a believer's life. I'm in the book. Communion. Pastor reads about it every time. When we disobey God. Say it with me. When we disobey God. It's a, it's a death trap. Let me say that one more time. When we, all of us, disobey God, it's a death trap. There's no life in that. Many of our joy that we don't have is because why? Disobedience. The underlining, the, it's disobedience. I know I'm speaking to somebody tonight. We need to repent. Whoever you are that's disobeying God, the reason why you don't have joy like you had when you first accepted Christ is probably because of some underlining sin that you have not repented of nor confessed unto the Lord. Some of us are disobedient because we don't listen to the word of the Lord. We'll read something and we'll do the opposite. Okay, let me Help me, Holy Ghost. This story is so enriching to my life. And I'll share it at the end if you guys will be patient with me. King Jeroboam, he doubts the word. His hand is withered. And he asked the man of God to restore his hand. And what does he ask the man of God? Look at verse 9. Verse 8. But the man of God said, excuse me, verse 6. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. He asking the man of God to pray for him after he has received a curse on, on his hand withered. I don't know why people like, got to go the hard way. I mean, they got to, like, you tell somebody, don't put your hand in the fire. They're still going to put their hand in the fire. And then when they get burned, then they say, oh, Lord, help me, heal me. You didn't even need the healing if you would obey. But we see King Jeroboam, he, he entreats the man of God to restore his hand. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hands were restored to him and became as before. That's a miracle. Then the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. I like the man of God, the unnamed prophet, because he has no respect of person. He honors the Lord. If we as men of God are going to be used by God, we must not have respect of person. I don't care the personality. I don't care the popularity. I don't care none of that. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Him alone. Give honor to God. Give glory to God. You see the temptation? Right after doing the work of the Lord, the enemy is tempting the unnamed prophet to recline, to relax. Man, that's how Satan wants us. He wants us relaxed, cozy, comfortable. Watch out. I know some of you got your lazy boys at home, recliners. But I hope you ain't reclining in your faith. Don't relax in your faith. Don't relax in your walk. Some of us are relaxed, too laxed in the walk. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of us are playing with God. You need to take it serious. Amen. Amen. We all need to take it serious. God's not playing. He's not to be played with. He's not he's our not friend, like our, our buddy down the street, our homeboy. No. No honor, reverence the Lord. That's why we don't call ourselves reverend so-and-so around here. It says reverence, reverend the Lord in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Our highest respect and regard should be for the Lord and what he wants from us. So we see that the man of God, the unnamed prophet, he tells King Jeroboam, he rejects his offer to, re- to return. This is the warning. Don't turn back. Amen. Don't turn back what? If God tell you to leave something, leave it. Don't turn back. Notice that the scripture says press toward the mark. It don't say return. Back from the place that you left. Where do we leave? I'm glad you asked. He brought us out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Don't return back to sin. Darkness. Expose whatever weakness you have or have unto the Lord so that we can grow and we can get, begin to press even more towards the mark in Christ Jesus. Amen. All of us have sin, iniquity, transgression. We have things that that appeal to our flesh that is different, but nonetheless, it's a death trap. I don't care what it is. The more we obey God, notice that the man of the unnamed prophet, he didn't get in trouble until he stopped quoting the word ooh, that's big okay we're going to see it some of y'all don't believe me let's go verse 18 verse 11 excuse me now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel they also told their father the words which was spoken to the king and their father said to him which way did he go So we see the unnamed prophet, word had got around town that the unnamed prophet had blasted the king. Checked him. And this old prophet, you know, it's interesting why the scripture called him old prophet. Not only was he old in age, he was old in his relationship with the Lord. What do you mean by that? Here's an old guy, old prophet, who once was on fire for the Lord. How do you know that, preacher? He's in the north. He, this old prophet's in the north, and God got to send a, a, a southern prophet to go up north. What does that mean? This old prophet was compromising his walk. God had to call somebody from down south to go up north to warn the people, to warn the king. He's old in his relationship. He's old in age, but he's old in his relationship. Meaning, he don't renew his relationship. The Bible says, put on the mind of Christ. We ought to renew our minds daily in the word. Are you old in your relationship with the Lord? The old prophet, the reason why the scriptures say he's old prophet, because God hadn't spoken to him in a long time. You know, I like that, that they said old prophet here. Here we see an old fool right here. It's foolish to think just because you got gray hair that you on fire for the Lord and you wise in the Lord. That's foolish. Can I get amen? man? I don't care how young, how old you are. God is not respect a person. If you seek, you shall find young or old. There's some young men in here. Some of them are old have more godly wisdom than some folk in here that's older, in age. Why? Because they make themselves available, reading the word daily, dying to self, repenting of sin, and growing in in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Just because you're old don't mean you know it all. Don't mean you know what you should know. The other flip side of that is just because you're old don't despise the youth. That's in the word. Young people, don't let no man despise your youth. If, the, if God has told you to say something, as a matter of fact, this unnamed prophet is younger than the old prophet. But he goes and warns the king in the name of the Lord. How many young folk in here willing to go and warn those in leadership that you know are out of bounds? Would y'all be bold? Don't be respect respected person. We see in the text that the warning has been given out. So this old man, this old prophet, he, he goes and look for this unnamed prophet. And the Bible says he finds him. Look at where he finds him. Under a tree. He finds him under a tree, an oak. Then he said to him, are you the man of God who came From Judah, and he said, I am. I'm at verse 14, verse 15 now. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. Notice the deceiver, this old prophet is a deceiver. What does that look like? This is why you got to follow the spirit. I don't care what pastor, what preacher tell you what thus said the Lord, the Lord didn't tell you, don't listen. If you can't find it in the word of God, backed up with scripture, you need to check his source. Amen. Amen. Just because you come in the name of the Lord don't mean you were sent by the name of the Lord, by the Lord. Here we see this old prophet. He comes to this unnamed prophet. This man of God. And he invites him to come eat bread in his home. Now, you know. Now, the unnamed prophet should have knew right away that this ain't the word of the Lord because the Lord gave instruction. What did God tell him to do? When you get to town, give the word and get out. He didn't tell him to take a stroll, get a picnic, relax, recline under a tree, get some shade. No, get out of town. How many times do we flirt with temptation? We just linger around, We linger, linger, linger. No, man, get, get, get away, flee, bounce, adios, arriba, dirty, leave the scene quickly. When you look at Joseph, right, Potiphar's wife, he boned out. He wasn't strolling out the house. He, he, man, he got get gone. He was out. I, know I don't speak proper English, but y'all understand what I'm saying. He left. Amen. I got I got some gospel Ebonics for some of y'all. Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. Let's keep going. Verse 16. He said to him, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you should not eat bread and drink water nor return by uh, by going the way you came. And he said to him, I too am a am a prophet as you are notice that the old prophet uses his position to influence the younger prophet that should be following the spirit of god you see this a lot of times older men they want to use their status you know just because they your daddy or just because whoever they are don't matter who they are if they're not following the lord don't follow them so this old prophet uses his influence in order to affect the, the unnamed prophet. And he does so. Look, look, look how he appeals to him. I, too, am a, a prophet as you are. You see the commonality? Oh, man, we the same. We the, no, we ain't the same. You an old prophet up here in this idolatrous place, and, you, and the Lord sending me up here? That, that should have been a warning right there, man. You, ain't, you might be an old prophet, but the Lord ain't using you no more. Meanwhile, been a while. Why are you send me up here? You ain't on your job. He said to him, verse 18, I too am a, a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. The Lord didn't tell him that. He lied. He lied. This is a real uh, litmus test when it comes to understanding doctrine. God ain't going to tell you something somewhere in this verse and chapter and then contradict over here in this verse and chapter. If the word of God don't line up all across, you need to check the source. Or your interpretation. Or your commentary. God's word is true. It doesn't change. So if God told you. Some of you guys. You know. To flee from lust. That's what we need to do. Amen. Amen. Look at what it says. Verse 19. So he went back with him. And ate bread in his house. And drank water. Notice that he didn't he failed to repeat the word of god he gave in he stopped look he shut his mouth and went home with this old prophet he was fine every time he quoted the word but when he deviated and didn't quote the word it got him in trouble how many times we have not quoted the word see a lot of times when when we're about to sin or do something that displeases. All we got to do is quote the word and it'll get us out of jam. Amen. It'll convict our hearts. Amen. The Holy Spirit will whisper. Don't do that. Turn away. Leave. So we see the, the doubters, the doubter, and we see the deceiver. The deceiver, he, he calls the unnamed prophet to his house, has dinner, and then God speaks through him. Ooh, cold, cold. God hadn't spoken to this old prophet in a long time. And judgment comes to the ears of this unnamed prophet. Death. Death. The old prophet's death was his disconnection from his relationship with God. That's where the death took place in his life. But through the grace of God, God still uses him, speaks through him to warn this disobedient, unnamed prophet to drive home the point. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. God wants us to obey. Now, let's look at this disobedient prophet, unnamed prophet. Verse 20. Now it happened as they sat and ate the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. So this is the old prophet and cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, thus said the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. But you came back, ate bread and drank water in the place which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your father in this cold. You got deceived by the old prophet and then he gonna finally tell the truth at the table when it's too late. That's cold. It's reality. We shouldn't put our confidence and trust in man. Verse 23. So it was after he had eaten bread and after had drunk and saddled the donkey with for him the prophet whom he had brought back when he had gone a lion met him on the road and killed him. And a corpse was thrown on the road and his corpse was thrown on the road and the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse and there was men passed, men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. Then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Physical death comes to this unknown named prophet because of sin. All right, let's jump ahead. Let's turn to Genesis. Turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 19, verse 23. Famous story about Sodom and Gomorrah. God is destroying the city, about to destroy the city. Look at what this says, verse 23. Then the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar, Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plains, all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Here we see Lot's wife leave Sodom and Gomorrah, rescued from judgment. But because she looks back. Judgment falls on her. What's my point, preacher? It's right here. Don't look back. If we look back and forget the Lord, his judgment will be handed down swiftly. All right, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Don't look back. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Hebrews 11 verse 23. Hebrews 11:23 By faith Moses when he was born, he was hidden 3 months by his parents because they saw he was be- a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. The way you don't turn back is you got to look unto the, to the Lord. The Lord is our reward. Here we see Moses... He didn't wallow in sin. He didn't compromise his convictions. And he gladly suffered with the people of God because the Lord was was his reward. How many of us are willing to suffer for Christ? That means you might have to die to self. Amen. But Christ is our reward. Amen. Amen. Don't turn back. Another reason why we don't need to turn back. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Where all the T's at. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 tells us exactly what to do. This is the word of God in action right here. Let's start at verse 19, actually. That's a good one. <laughs> Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. King James, abstain from the very appearance of evil. If something appear to be evil on the screen, turn it off. If something appear to be evil on a, on a, a computer, turn it off. If something appear to be evil in your phone, turn it off. Whatever appears to be evil, Turn it off. If you don't do that, you're turning back. We're turning back. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Reasons to not turn back. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm done. Brothers, I want to encourage us. Don't turn back. Don't turn your back on the Lord. Don't turn your back on the truth. And don't turn your back on the commandments of the Lord. Don't do it. It's only going to lead to one thing, death. Father God, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, the warning for all of us to not turn back. To press toward the mark. To look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to, to lay aside every weight of sin that easily ensnares us, to run our ways, Lord. Not bog, boggle down or weighted down with the sins or the cares of this world. We thank you, O God. Clean, clean our minds, our hearts, O God. Sanctify us for your, your use, Lord, to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.